Bible says there, Acts 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continue his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. There sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. <clears throat> when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here today, Lord. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have. It's a precious opportunity, Lord, to talk about you and to learn ultimately from you. God, I pray you'd help each guy to be tuned in and ready to hear from you. Um, God, I pray you please help me. God, uh, I can't communicate this, uh, I know, in my own power in a sufficient way, but I know you can help me to do that, and I pray that you would. Please help the guys to understand it, first of all, but God, also be challenged by it, that they'll think how this fits into their lives and what needs to change as a result of it, and God, that we would conform our lives to what your word says, and God, that we will more and more be like you as a result. I pray that every guy would hear your voice through their preaching. God, they don't need to hear from me. God, I really can't help them, but I know that you can. You've helped us countless of, countless times, Lord, over and over and over again. And God, I pray you would do that again through your word today. Please, God, use it. And God, I pray you would be lifted up and that you would make us more like you as a result. We love you, Lord. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you guys for standing. I do appreciate that. <clears throat> guys, this event occurs during Paul's third missionary journey. Paul took three missionary journeys in the book of Acts. This is the last one that he took, and this is from the time frame of 56 to 58 AD. So that's the time frame that we're dealing with, and this is while he's in the city of Troas. This whole section, this is the city that he's in. Guys, as the preaching got hot and heavy and the service went into overtime, we'll explain this stuff as we go, a young man tragically fell to his death. Now, don't worry. He got healed at the end. He got revived at the end. So everybody's happy. But if I were to ask you guys this simple question, why did he fall? It would appear to be simple, right? You'd be like, duh, he was asleep. Duh, he <laughs> fell out the window. I mean, come on, brother Tom. Duh. You know, like, what's the deal? Uh, but guys, I think in this passage, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from this. Okay. And that's what I want to deal with today. Here's the message today. Falling out of church. Literally, right? Falling out of church. That's what this guy did. Falling out of church. And can I also say, it says in verse number nine, before we get rolling with this, it says it was a young man. Guys, can I tell you, a lot, a lot of young men are falling out of church. Right. A lot of young people are falling out of church nowadays, and the devil is picking them off one by one, and they are easy prey for him. Guys, hey, 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 before we even get diving into this and try to understand it piece by piece, hey, guys. He's coming after you, and he wants to get you out of church because this is the place where you get plugged into God. This is the place where we remind you to stay in your Bible, to stay close to the Lord. And listen, there's a lot of attacks against church nowadays. People, you know, I a lot of times we hear when we knock doors, uh, Kevin, Tim, some of you guys probably heard somebody say, well, I worship God in my own way. You know, I'm very spiritual, but I'm not religious. And you're like, Huh? <laughs> and all these kind of weird sayings people have. Oh, I'm very spiritual and mystical. And you're like, okay, you know, should I leave? Like, are you okay? 
but I don't believe in going to church. Guys, can I tell you, you're not going to have a close walk with God unless you are faithful to the house of God. Yeah. Listen, the church, it says, is the body of Christ. And you know who the head of the body is? Christ. Guys, how can you expect to be close to uh, Christ when he's the head and you're not part of the body, at least in your practice, like we talked about here, right? You're not going to be close to him. So being in church, being faithful to church is a big deal. But the devil wants you to fall out of church. How does it happen? Well, let's dive into this story and consider this, falling out of church. I want you to consider, first of all, with me. I'm going to give you this point, but I'll explain it here in a few minutes from now. Consider, first of all, this point. He tuned out the preaching. He tuned out the preaching. Again, I'll get to this, explaining it here in a moment. But I think this is why this event happened. He tuned out the preaching. Verse number nine, check it out. There was... There sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. Notice and highlight that in your mind. He fell into a deep sleep. I'll pick that up in a little bit. But, guys, before we get there, um, verse number 7. It says, Upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. He was going to leave the next day, and then he continued his speech until midnight. Guys, a couple things about this starting this point off. There was a pattern of significance. I want you to notice verse number seven. It says, upon the first day of the week. Guys, you know what day that is? Sunday. That is Sunday. And guys, that's when Christians worship God in public. That's when we go to church. That's when we lift him up, and we do that on purpose. You know why we worship on Sunday, guy? In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament they did Saturday. The Sabbath day. So why do we as Christians do it on Sunday? You know why it is? Go ahead. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead on Sunday, the first day of the week. You can check these references out. Matthew 28, 1. Luke 24, 1. It talks about upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, those ladies go to the tomb. They were going to anoint the body of Jesus. Guys, they got there. They were wondering how they were going to get the stone moved out of the way. They were worried about that. When they got there, the stone was already moved. And again, that wasn't so Jesus could get out. That's so they could see in, okay? But they get there, and they're looking around. Jesus was not there. You know why? Because he arose from the dead on the third day, on Sunday, the first day of the week. So all these references deal with that. John 20, verse 1. And then, guys, it talks about in John 20. I won't have you turn to these, but these will be good to know. Because listen, it'll always be challenged. People say, well, why do I have to go to church? Okay? I'm dealing with that right now. Okay? Why do we go on Sunday? Because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. By the way, guys, when you come out of your apartment building, when you come out of your house, when you come out of wherever you live and you're dressed up on a Sunday morning and you're carrying your Bible, you don't have to say a word, guys. You know what you you say, the statement that you make by your presence, by your actions? I serve an alive God. I serve a Savior that rose again. That's what you do when you come out of your house on Sunday with your Bible and you're dressed up. People know where you're going. You're not going to the store like that. You're not going to the gas station like that. You're not going to 7-Eleven like that. Maybe on the way to church, but you're going to church eventually. And guys, just by our actions, we prove we serve an alive God. Listen, I don't serve Buddha. I don't serve Muhammad. I don't serve Allah. Those are dead gods. Listen. We serve Jesus. He arose from the dead. He died for our sins, yes, but he arose from from the dead on Sunday. So after Jesus arose on the first day of the week, a Sunday, in John chapter 20, verse 19, it says that the disciples were assembled together 
on the first day of the week, at evening, by the way. That's why we have Sunday night church. We don't just have one service in the morning. We have Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I would encourage you, if you just come Sunday morning, if you can find a way to come Sunday night too, it'll help your Christian life take off. It'll give you more strength and more ammo to live for the Lord. So they had church Sunday night. They were gathered together. You know who showed up? Jesus. Thomas was not there. He did not believe them and said, yeah, I don't believe that. The next week, they're encouraging Thomas, get over here, man. One of the disciples, come on, come on, come on. That's why he's called Doubting Thomas. He didn't believe that Jesus showed up. When you miss out on church, you miss out on Christ's presence, guys. You miss out on him speaking to you. You miss out on the opportunity to have him work in your life. And how many times? Pastor said this a billion times, and my dad used to say it too. But many times when people don't show up to church, the exact problem they're, they're struggling with was talked about, was dealt with, and they could have gotten help from it, Kevin, but they were absent. Yep. They were missing in action. So they assembled on the first day of the week. Jesus shows up. The next, verse 26 of John chapter 20, um, Jesus shows up again. It says eight days later, but they were counting that same day. It's the next Sunday night. They were meeting again together, and Jesus shows up again. That's when he says, Thomas, you don't believe me? Check out these wounds. Check out this hole in my side. Uh, be not faithless, but believing. Guys, Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. When the church got launched, the Holy Spirit indwelt Christians and all that. 3,000 people got saved. You know what day of the week that was? Sunday. Yep. Day of Pentecost was on a Sunday. And all throughout, we're here in Acts chapter 20. It says the first day of the week, they're meeting together. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says that when we take the offering, we should lay by him in store as God has prospered him on the first day of the week. You say, Brother Tom, why are you hammering this? Because it'll be challenged. It'll be challenged. Do you really have to go Sunday? Yes. Yes, you do. It's a pattern that God lays out in Scripture. Ever since the resurrection, Christians go to church on Sunday. Last one I'll throw at you, Revelation 1.10. John, the apostle, is all by himself. He's a prisoner on the Isle of Patmos. He's an old man. He's exiled out there, probably out there to die. He's out there in hard labor. And you know what the Bible says? He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And on a Sunday, guys, that's when God gave him the revelation of Jesus Christ, that vision of the end times and all that Christ does in those end times. Guys, the pattern of significance. It wasn't an accident that they showed up on the first day of the week. Hey, guys, that's why we come to church on Sunday. Hey, does your presence back that up? Do people, do people in your neighborhood know that you go to church all the time on Sunday mornings? Good, yeah. Hey, guys, like we say, actions speak louder than words. Yep. Listen, we should tell them about the Lord. We should give out tracts. But if they see you faithful, that'll speak a lot louder than anything else that we say. The pattern of significance. I want you to see also the people that are serious. Verse number seven, upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. Hey, guys, I think about this. This is cool to me, too. When we usually talk about the phrase, the disciples, who are we talking about? The 12 guys that followed Jesus around, right? Mm -hmm. This is after that point. Can I tell you, when Jesus was on earth, mainly the disciples referred to those 12 guys. Can I tell you now, Christians, all Christians are referred to as disciples. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You know what a disciple is? It's a learner. It's a pupil. It's someone that's, that's, that's focused on learning more about Christ so that we can live more like Christ. Mm -hmm. The people are serious. Hey, guys, you know what this tells me? That when these people, these disciples, it says they came together to break bread. Can I tell you, we don't know their names. We don't know a lot of details about their life. But can I tell you one thing? They probably had to work hard that week. Yep. 
Yep. Kevin, they probably had some problems in their life. Yep. They probably had some issues pop up. Chris, they probably had some things going on in their family. They probably had some health requests. They probably had some worries. But can I tell you, they were devoted. They were dedicated. Guys, they, they, they needed the Lord's touch in their life. And that's why they showed up to church. They were needy. They were hungry. They showed up not trying to show off their wardrobe. They showed up not just trying to uh, have a social event and hang out with their friends. They showed up and needing God's blessing, needing God's touch. Why do you show up? The people are serious. Guys, are you? What's your attitude when you come? Hey, guys, having fun with your friends, that's great. Catching up with everybody and see, seeing how things are going, that's fine. And we can have a lot of fun in a lot of different areas. But you know why we show up? Because we need help from God. That's why. And we love him. And it says, they showed up the first day of the week. The disciples came together. The people that are serious, they had this serious mindset. Bible says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hey, guys, you know why a lot of people don't? Uh, experience the Lord's power like they should and like we want to see happen because they're more interested in everything else but God at church. Yep. Right. It's amazing to me, Kevin. We should show up to church for God, but so many guys show up to church saying it's for God, but they're more interested in the girl than they are God. Yep. Man, I got to talk to her. Are you close to God? Yeah. And guys, I'm not talking about guys that have come one or two weeks. I'm talking about guys that have come years for at times. And they totally missed the point. Hey, guys, are you in church but missing the entire point of it? Mm-hmm. These people are serious. Hey, guys, let's be devoted. Let's be dedicated. Let's be serious about this. Why don't you say in your mind right now, God, speak to my heart. Change my life. Work on me. God, I got issues. God, I can fall. I can mess up. But, God, I need your help. Guys, that's, that, that's the heartbeat that all of us need to have when we're here. The people that are serious. And then it says they came to break bread. Guys, this is not just talking about they had a fellowship dinner afterwards. All right? Brother Robert's cooking in the back. That's not what it's talking about. When it's saying they came to break bread, you know what it's referring to? The communion, the Lord's Supper, as we call it. Guys, there was a pictured sacrifice. Guys, can I tell you when we do that? We do that here in a couple of weeks around Thanksgiving time. But you know when we do that, what we're picturing? We're picturing the Lord's death till he comes. We do it in remembrance of him, what he did for us. They have the grape juice that represents his blood that was shed for us. And then they have the bread that pictures his body, which was broken for us. Guys, he did that for you. These Christians show up. Kevin, they probably had long, hard weeks. By the way, I was hearing a message about this recently. Do you know a lot of the Christians in the early days in the Roman Empire, you know what social status they had? Slaves. Most of the Roman Empire was slaves. You had the rich people, and then you had a massive amount of slaves because when Rome would conquer someplace, they would just, they wouldn't wipe them out and kill those people. They would just turn them into their subjects. They would just turn them into slaves. So the mass of the Roman Empire were slaves. You know who a lot of the Christians were back then? Slaves. I don't think they had an easy work week. I don't think they got a holiday. I don't think they got days off, but you know what? They showed up at the house of God and why were they doing it? Because they had a serious mindset. Do you have that? Hey guys, I'm not busting you up. I'm not, that's not my intention. But did you come here today saying, God, I need you to speak to me. God, I got some issues I need help with. God, I got some prayer requests that I need you to answer. God, I need you to help me be more like you. Or is it just, we're just putting in our time. Aiden, we're just checking it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it. I did it. Guys, let's put our heart and soul into it. And these people had this pictured sacrifice that was a representation of what Christ did for them. 
By the way, we may not have communion every week, guys, but our mindset should be on what Christ did for us all the time. Right. All the time. That's why we have crosses and in the church. Guys, it's not some ritual. We don't pray to the cross, but you know what it is? It's a reminder of what Christ did for us. Amen. We want that always to be smack in our face right. all the time because that's what it's all about. We would all be on our way to hell if Jesus didn't do that for us. And then, guys, so we know it's the first day of the week of Sunday. These people are serious. They congregate together, and they have communion. They're partaking in the Lord's Supper, right? Paul's getting his preach on, brother. Verse number 7, halfway through, it says, Paul preached unto them ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech till midnight. This is my life verse. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Paul got with it and stayed on there for quite a while. This guy preached. This was a... Sunday evening service, and this guy preached till midnight. Go ahead, brother. Guys, can I tell you? Now, let me just give you my opinion real quick. So the next minute or two, this is my opinion. Listen, guys, um, I'm not scared of long preaching. Don't worry, I'm not going to blast you today just because we're in this passage. Three hours later, you're like, yeah, Lord, help me. You know, I'm going to fall out the window too. Like, help me out. But, but guys, can I tell you, I believe, um, I, uh, let me just start from the beginning with this. Guys, back in the day, whew, about every one of my sermons was about hour 20 minutes. You think I'm lying. If you talk to some guys that were in this class 15 years ago, they'll tell you straight up that's the truth. So you're blessed, okay? <laughs> I've learned a few things over the years. And guys, can I tell you, I'm not scared of somebody preaching a long time. I'm not scared of doing it myself. I like to do it. Um, that's fine. I feel like if we're going to preach a long time, we should give people a lot of information, mm-hmm. right? I guess what I've learned over time is that sometimes I can say the same things, Kevin, but I don't have to take an hour and 20. I can do it in 30 or 40. Last week, 20 if I have to, which I really don't like to do. But if I have to throw it in, you know, overdrive, we have to do that sometimes. But guys, I guess I've learned that, that sometimes we can say the same amount of stuff, but in a shorter time range. But guys, can I tell you, listen, um, so I think we should learn to do that, okay? Guys, if every time people give you the chance to speak, they say, you know, we have the five minute, you say, sorry, pastor, all I can do is 50. Like, you're going to have to work at that. You you can't always have that amount of time. Now, sometimes people say, hey, preach as long as you want. You're like, for real? Like, you mean it? You know, that's like like giving a... uh, Giving a bottle to a drunk man and say, don't drink too much. You're like, oh, yeah, go ahead. You know, preach as long as you want. They're like, for real? You're like, you mean this? Like, have you heard me before? You know, like, but guys, sometimes that happens. But guys, can I tell you, you know why I think Paul was preaching long this time? It's not because he wanted to hear himself talk. It's not because he, you know, connected a bunch of sermons together and didn't know where the exit ramp was, you know? Guys, can I tell you why I believe he preached long? Notice what it says here. Ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech until midnight. Guys, he thought this would probably be the last time he ever showed up at Troas. This would be the last time he ever saw them, he thought. I believe, uh, researching in the Bible, that maybe he did visit them again later on in his life. But guys, he felt this could potentially be the last time I ever preached to these people, and I want to lay it all out there. Can I tell you that's sometimes why the preaching goes long? Yeah. Guys, because it's, it's a pressing sermon. Guys, God has laid it on our heart. By the way, by the way, I just talked about how the audience needs to be serious, right? When we come to church, we need to have that mindset. We need to be hungry and, and needy and have this, this, this yearning to hear from God. Can I tell you, 
Yes, the audience should have that mindset. So should the preacher. Guys, we should be just as serious. Listen, I think it would, I think it would be a shame and perhaps I, I would go so far to say maybe it's even a sin, Kevin, if the whole class shows up eager and sitting on the edge of their seat and Jaden's maybe had some needs this week and he says, oh God, speak to my heart this week. And I show up just putting in my time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think that's right, guys. I think if he's coming at it and saying he's intense about it, he wants to learn from God, he's hungering and thirsting for something from God, I should be on the, on the other end of it, serious about getting something from the Lord and giving it to you guys. That's a big responsibility, guys. That's a big responsibility. Listen, I'm not against you pre preaching sometimes the same messages, but make sure you talk to God every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, you know, I understand we have those moments where it's, last minute and all that kind of crazy stuff that we have to do sometimes but don't fall into a pattern of doing that all the time mm -hmm. when you have that opportunity to study but you don't because mm -hmm. you're lazy or you're watching the football game on a saturday night and then sunday morning oh lord give me something you had the chance to get something the night before but you were too lazy and oh man he scored a touchdown well you're gonna fumble tomorrow when you're preaching mm -hmm. yep. if you get the metaphor if you don't forget <laughs> can't go back don't want to preach long and have you guys fall out the window all right guys I think he felt this was potentially his last time there, and he preached plenty long. He preached till midnight. I've never done that long, but maybe one day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The guy's like, please not today. Please not today. But there was an urgency and a heaviness and a burden on his heart. It's like Jeremiah said. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. I have to give it out to people. I have to preach it to them. Guys, when, sometimes when God lays something on your heart, it's not just for you. It's for other people, too. So there was a pressing sermon. I believe that's why Paul preached so long that night. All right, let's get to this guy, Eutychus. <laughs> I heard preachers say, this is funny, all right? I heard a preacher say years ago, you know why he was named Eutychus? Because Eutychus too, if he fall out, fell out the window. So the guy's like, did you just say that one time? Yes, I find that very funny, all right? And I was looking this up last night, right? I was looking this up last night. What does Eutychus's name mean? I could not believe this. I busted out. It was like midnight, but it was, I busted out laughing like, oh, I better be quiet. I might wake Troy up, right? You know what Eutychus' name means? Fortunate. Uh, Dude fell out of the window. I don't think he's that fortunate. But anyway, anyway. It's funny to me, all right? That's a lucky guy. Oh, they're good. You know, not so lucky anymore, all right? <clears throat> the pressing sermon. All right, guys. So, again, if I were to say, why did this guy fall out the window? Because Tom was simple. He was asleep. Fell out the window. Duh. No, I think it goes a little deeper than that, guys. Listen, now maybe he had a long week. Maybe he was tired and all that. He showed up to church. Let's give him credit. We can't just slap him around, you, you filthy sinner. What's wrong with you? He was there. And, guys, he didn't leave halfway through. Paul, point number 42, he's not like, dude, is he nuts? Like, does he not see what time it is? Is his sundial broken or whatever? You know, like, what is this guy's problem? I'm out of here. I got to wake up early tomorrow. He stayed. Well, what was the problem, guys? Here's what I believe the problem was. His priority shifted at some point. Mm -hmm. Guys, gone to church my whole life, and <laughs> I've experienced it myself. I've lived through it. I've seen a lot of guys get tired. Some of you are like, oh, boy, here we go. You're calling me out, Brother Tom. Some of y'all, Eutychus should be your favorite character in the Bible because you emulate him quite a bit, all right? The priority shifted. Guys, he was tired. You know I've told you guys a lot of times, if you're tired in this room and you're fighting it, I have no problem with that. It's when you give into it on purpose. It's when you've completely yielded yourself over to that and you're not fighting it anymore. Listen, 
You've heard me, you know, I've been in church my whole life. You have to act like you're reading the Bible move. You're not. You're trying to sleep, but you're like, like you're meditating on something. You, you don't even know what's on the page. You're trying to sleep, but you're over here. Mm. Mm. And you're about to start drooling on the page, all right? Listen, but you have to meditate, act like you're reading the Bible. You have to act like you're praying, you know. Like, we're not praying in the church, but you're over here. And before long, it's like, you're like, if he's praying, that's the loudest snoring I've ever heard in the middle of praying, you know? You got all these fake moves? Guys, I don't think his head is bobbing anymore. It says he fell into a deep sleep. This dude's knocked out. He's out. Like, you'd be shaking. Eutychus, wake up! He's gone, all right? He's not over here, and this happens all the time. You know, we laugh at this stuff. But guys are trying to listen, and you say, you can tell when they're locked in, and then their eyes start. It's like, it's like their eyeballs are about to fall out, and they're like, and then their head starts bobbing, and you're over here like, dude, are you okay? Are you having a spasm? You know, are you Pentecostal and about to go crazy on us? Like, what's going on? You're over here. And then somebody gets loud with the preaching brother tut, and some of y'all, you're about to scare the life out of you. You know, if, if the spirit could, like, fall out of you, it would, like, fly out of you real quick, because you got scared to death, Right? We've seen all that. Guys, but there's a difference between fighting it and giving into it. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you, I think somewhere along the line, I think, hey, Paul's preached till midnight, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe for a time, Eutychus is trying, he's struggling, he's back and forth, man, I'm trying to listen, you know, trying to stay on board, and then... <laughs> he's doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you when it says being fallen into a deep sleep, guys, that's a different story. At some point, Kevin, he stopped trying. At some point, he gave into it. And guys, this is why I call it the priority shifted. Hey, guys, get this. He made a decision somewhere in that sequence. He made a decision that his tiredness was now more important than the truth being proclaimed. Do you hear that? Guys, if you're over here and you're struggling, you're struggling. You know when you fall into a deep sleep, when you say, you know what? I don't care about what they're saying anymore. You say, well, I'm half asleep. I'm tired. I know. But you can push yourself through it. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, you know why you can play a video, video game for six hours in the middle of the night when you should be in bed? Because it's important to you. Mm-hmm. And you push through it. Hey, guys, I've been in a lot of church services, and I've been tired in a lot of church services. You know how I can push through it? Because it's important to me. Yeah. Because it's important to me. Somewhere in this phase, I think maybe he's struggling, maybe he's fighting it. But after a while, Fernando, he says, it's just not worth it anymore. I'm just going to tune that out, and I'm going to give in to my feeling of tiredness. Mm. Hey, guys, can I tell you, if you are going to fall out of church, one of the issues that pops up is you're going to tune out the preaching. Hey, guys, you remember when you first got saved? You remember when you first got in a class like this and we really started diving into the Bible and it was fascinating to you and it was interesting to you and you would learn these things and God would open your eyes to the truth and you say, wow, that's what that means and that's what how it's supposed to change my life and that's how it, it's supposed to affect me tomorrow and the next day and the next day and that's how it's supposed to affect my relationships with my family and my friends and my coworkers and my neighbors and everybody, people I go to school with. Everybody. And God opened your eyes to it and it was exciting to you. That discovery was fascinating to you. Guys, can I ask you, what happened to that? Kevin, I can tell sometimes when guys are in the room, but they could care less about what's being said. Could care less. You know what's happened? They've tuned it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to open the Bible. He's going to read it. Then he's going to yell at us for a long time. Man, I hope he hurries up because I want to get out of here. 
And you know what they hear the whole time? Blah, 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 blah. Because they've tuned it out. Yeah. It means nothing to them. Hey, guys, that can happen to you, especially those of you that have been around church for a while. It can become repetitive. It can become familiar. It can become routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard all this before. I, I know what they're going to do next. Then we've got to work even harder to pay attention. Right. He made a decision somewhere along the line that his tiredness was now more important than the truth being proclaimed. Have you done that? Are you on the verge of that? Oh, by the time I've heard this already. Careful. You know what you're saying? I could never fall. I could never mess up. You think Eutychus thought he was going to fall that night? No. He said, I'm good. I'm safe. I'm comfortable. I I can handle this. The priority shifted. Hey, guys, when did we downgrade the importance of the Bible? Can you tell me when it became not important anymore? When it became not relevant to your life anymore? When you, I guess, apparently must have learned it all from cover to cover and you don't need to listen to it anymore. When did that happen? How long has it been? Was that breaking news that I missed? Hey guys, I don't know about you and it doesn't matter who's preaching or how well of a job they're doing. Listen, when this book is open and being talked about, it's important. It's important. It's important. It's important for your life. Hey, the devil may be trying to, to, to finish you off this week and this message may be exactly what you need, but if you tune out, it won't do you a bit of good. Eutychus tuned out the preaching at some point in his life. He tuned it out. He's saying, I'm tired. I'm struggling. Maybe I'm back and forth. But at some point, I just don't care anymore. I'm just too tired. I'm just giving in to my feelings more so than what the truth says. And guys, can I tell you, why should it be a priority to us? Guys, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my education level. It has nothing to do with my eloquence or lack thereof. It has nothing to do with that. What it has to do is it comes from God, the prominence of our source. You know why you should listen? You know why you should push through it? Because it comes from God. And every word in this book is perfect. It's exactly what you need. God didn't leave anything out, guys. It's complete. It's everything that we need. George, every struggle that you'll face the rest of your life is talked about in this book, whether directly or in principle. It's got all the answers. But where did it become not as important to us anymore? And by the way, some people, when it comes to salvation, we show them how to get saved. Oh, dude, that's important. But then when we talk about other areas, that seems to be downgraded downgraded for some reason. Yeah. Kevin, he's talking about, I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. Jesus died for me. I accept him as my Savior. I make that choice. All right, that's important. Hey, guys, can I tell you it's also important when it says read it every day. It's also important when it says come to church faithfully. It's also important when it says we should have a good attitude. It's also important when it says we should have short haircuts. It's important in every regard. It's important when we say that uh, when it says that we should honor our parents. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I really don't understand the thought pattern of Aiden when it talks about salvation. Dude, that's important. That's God's word. And when it talks about anything else that we don't like, no, that's not. That's just their opinion. It's the same book. It's the same book. We need to be consistent about it. It's because God is the one that's speaking. And guys, it's because he can guide our lives. Hey guys, what are you going through now? What are you struggling with now? What challenges are you facing now? Can I tell you the word of God has the answers. God can guide you. It says in all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct thy path. You know what that tells me? That we can be at different ages, different situations in our life, different backgrounds and different experience levels in the Christian life. But you know what, guys? God can give Fernando what he needs today to direct his life and direct his steps today. And do the same for Ben, do the same for Aiden, do the same for Kevin, Wes, Ariel, Christian, Anthony, every single one of us. It doesn't matter if you've been in this church 20 years or if this is your second week. God's word has the directions for you. 
Yeah. But is it important to you? Why did Eutychus fall out the window? Because somewhere in, in this process, he turned it off. He tuned out. He thought, I'm just too tired. I just can't anymore. And guys, I've seen people figuratively where they tune out the preaching. Somewhere, Kevin, it's not important to them anymore. Maybe they think they can't fall. Maybe they think they can't mess up. George, they've been doing so good for so long, apparently, that they've reached a higher echelon where they can't mess up. Mm-hmm. Guys, that doesn't happen to any one of us. Yeah. The prominence of our source, it comes from God, and he can give us the guidance that we need. And I'll finish with this. We'll pick it up next week. He pampered himself. You know what that is? He wanted his own needs and his own wants more than what God wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Guys, are you supposed to take care of yourself? Sure. You're supposed to get rest and eat and and take care of yourself yeah of course guys but when it's time to do the things of god that needs to be the priority what does the bible say seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you listen god will take care of you god will take care of you god will provide the right career god will provide the things that you need in your life if you put him first you know what everybody wants though ethan they want to get it out of order god give me all the stuff you know, guys show up for two weeks. They've been saved for two weeks. Bro, I need a girl, man. I need God to provide that for me, man. I'm struggling. I need that. Very tempted right now, but I, I, I will refrain. I'm putting my gun away. All right? Listen. Listen, listen, listen. Dude, I need that. I need it. Hey, guys, you need to put God first. Have him be everything to you. And then can I tell you, he'll provide who you need at the right time. And he'll provide where you need to work. And he'll provide the career path for you. He'll provide the, the future, his perfect will for you. But guys, we get it out of order. Jaden, we want all the blessings now and then our relationship with God. Yeah, one of these days I'll get serious about it. That's not how it works. You get serious with God now. Put him first now. And have him be the passionate priority of your life now. And then he'll provide what you need. But you got to trust him. Yeah. That's the way it works. We want to flip it around and it doesn't work that way. So... How in the world did this young man fall out the window? And how do people fall out of church? Because at some point they tune out the preaching. Let me throw this at you and I'm done. You know how some people tune out the preaching? They say that's just the pastor's opinion. That's just, that's just Brother Tom's opinion. Hey guys, can I tell you, and I've already mentioned this, if it comes from God's word, that comes from God directly. Yeah. It's not my opinion. Now, now, now. If I share my opinion with you, like I did about long preaching a little while ago, that's my thoughts. But guys, if it comes from this book, you say, how do I know? If we read it, and then we're explaining it word by word and phrase by phrase, and it seems like what we're saying matches up with what it's saying here, that's God's message. That's God's book. That comes from him. And you can bank on that. Listen, if it's my opinion, who cares? But guys, if it's God's word, that's not my opinion. Hey, guys. Some people get it all twisted up (laughs) because it steps on their toes and because it gets in their business and they don't like it. And Kevin, that's a convenient excuse because it doesn't sound so bad. You know what sounds bad? I'm rebelling against God. I'm turning my back on clearly what God wants me to do, Wes. That sounds terrible, right? You know what sounds better? (sighs) That pastor, he's just always banging on those things. And, you know, it's just his opinion. And I don't I don't like that. I feel like he's picking on me. What do we do? We're shifting blame. Yep. Hey, guys, if pastor says we should be faithful to church every week, that's not his opinion. That's clear cut. Hebrews 10, 25. That's the word of God. That's Bible. And guys, you can argue with it. You can not like it. But if you're disobedient to it, you're not just disobedient to the pastor. You are disobedient to God. Mm -hmm. 
That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like to do that. They like to, they like to dress it up in different clothes so it doesn't look so bad, so it doesn't sound so bad. Chris, I'm going to go to a church where I feel more fed. What are you even talking about? If they're giving you the word of God, that's what you need spiritually. Man should not live by bread alone. Hold on a second. I'm almost done. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. Guys, if it comes from this book, that's what you need spiritually to survive, to grow, to be strengthened, and to be all that God wants you to be in your Christian life. Mm -hmm. How do people fall out of church? Somewhere along the line, they tune out to preaching. Yeah. Has that happened for you? If it has, go back to God and say, God, help me to get interested again in it. Help me to care about it. Help me to realize I need it. And guys, if you do that, God will help you get back on track. But if you're not, you say, no, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> That's for those other people. That's for those other guys in the class, not me. I'm good. If that's how it is, guys, you've tuned out the preaching. And careful, that's the first step to falling out of church. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.